Hi everyone, welcome to the Entrepet Podcast. This is me, Ekam, co-founder and your host for today's episode. Today we have with us Minakshi and Bhavisha, founders of Capsule, which is India's first multi-brand streetwear store. In this episode, we explore the details of pioneering the street streetwear movement in India on being young female founders and the struggles and advice that comes with being an entrepreneur at such an early age. So stay tuned. Hi, Bhavisha and Minakshi. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you all today. Uh, so for our listeners, could you guys just take us through a bit of what Capsule is all about? Hi, Ekum. Uh, thanks for having us. I'm Minakshi and Bhavisha is also sitting next to me. So uh, really excited to be on your podcast. We have heard good things about Entrepret and uh, so I guess much. this is the beginning of a nice series uh, with entrepreneurs, I guess. Yeah. So happy to be here. Lovely. Thank you so much. Capsule, as we say, is uh, our love child. Um, so basically, Bhavisha and I, uh, both of us were in corporate jobs. We quit that and we started Capsule, which is India's first and currently the only uh, streetwear retail platform. Right. Um, by that, we mean that we are the first people who brought down original streetwear brands to India. Yeah. We have currently around 18 brands on the website, a couple of uh, uh, other ones in the pipeline that we want to launch uh, but pandemic happened, so I guess 2021 we'll see a few uh, more new brands from our side. Right, right. That's amazing. But you know, I've already seen like uh, that you guys house a lot of international brands that are hard to find in India. And personally, I've shopped from there as well, so I love the collection. And uh, but you know, how did you guys actually come to think about streetwear or you know uh, just starting like a multi-brand retail store? Like, how did that idea, like, come to you all? Like, were you guys, you guys mentioned that you guys were working and, you know, you wanted to sort of, um, you know, change what you were doing. Uh, so could both of you take us through your background? Like, what inspired you? And, like, what was that moment when you decided, okay, you know, we want to really launch Capsule and this is it. Like, what was that journey like for you? So I was actually going to let Minakshi answer this, but she's been, like, nudging <laughs> away at me simply because we told you we will be very proper on this uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I've just been sort of like I've, I've had like almost like my, my arms been boxed at so much so I'm stepping in <laughs> but um, so uh, you know both Minakshi and I worked at, at Puma um, uh, since I think 2011 we've been working together both first in India and then we went on uh, you know to work in international uh, offices yeah. and even while we were working internationally so while we were in India, we ended up working a lot together and the way we operated Puma was a challenger brand at the time. Right. Um, and our entire way was of sort of using, um, you know, the ethos of street culture and the ethos of young, cool challenger brands. That was, that's how we built our entire marketing communication and strategies. Right. Uh, and we believe that that led to Puma taking the number one spot by 2014 in India. Right. So in a sense, we always worked with the elements of street culture, of youth culture, hmm. uh, completely in the marketing of Puma. And that's how essentially, uh, those are things that both Minakshi and I really love. You know, in fact, even while growing up, I've grown up on a very heavy dose of uh, skating. I used to skate. Oh, uh, I, w I wasn't a skateboarder. I was a speed skater. Right. Uh, right. In fact, one of my best uh, national championships was in Patiala. Oh, that's uh, so a lot, a healthy dose of the X Games and of course right. basketball and hip hop, you know. Right, um, right, right. Minakshi had her influences. So uh, See, one you, grew up, you grew up with these influences, like they were always like you know around you, and you were always yes. like really interested in everything, and that's what sort of led you to, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like you know that's what I, I you know I, I reminisce right now that it's all of that stuff which I loved. Yeah. And, now it's come around to allow me to make, build a career out of it. And to a very, very large extent, I would even say that even in Puma India and even internationally, we were using, uh, you know, uh, these elements as, as part of the marketing strategy, essentially who we were. And uh, fast forward to when we went outside of India. And that's when, for me personally, uh, I used to uh, work out of uh, Turkey and Russia, so Istanbul and Moscow. And these are exceptionally like fun markets, Moscow, especially I, I credit that with influencing me, um, you know, in that period of my life extensively. Mm -hmm. And 
that's when I realized that all of this cool stuff, actually there's a proper business to it and there are enough number of people employed in this business, having a great time doing cool, fun things, curating great experiencing, building great product, building phenomenal platforms, uh, really creating innovative marketing and communication strategies and stuff like that. Hmm. And essentially there was sort of like a, uh, you know, like a cool kid's uniform, if you will, or uh, <laughs> kind of brands that are worn by culture leaders, opinion leaders, Absolutely. taste makers. Right. And these were streetwear brands, right? These were some of the streetwear right. brands. Even brands like Puma, Nike, Adidas were collaborating a lot at that time, you know. But there was a shift happening at a global level between, uh, you know, performance in terms of like running and like performance sports to a more lifestyle, you know, where... Um, sport is a way of life or life is a sport that sort of a thing and um, you know so we knew of these brands obviously because we were with Puma Athleisure actually came into being Athleisure became a big force you know with Lululemon and everything and simultaneously while we were outside we were obviously connected with people from India right Mm -hmm. Uh, and we saw that there were takers for these brands you know these streetwear brands uh, 2010 to 2020 was a decade for streetwear as well and we were pleasantly surprised to see that there are people the way they were hustling you know, to cop stuff. And uh, one day when we were back in India for a holiday over, uh, for me, it was a deconstructed Moscow mule for Minakshi. It was Steve, <laughs> we decided to sort of like explore doing this together. Right. And we came back to start Capsule because we saw this opportunity, you know, for to bring these brands to India and um, make them available at retail and to curate like this whole space which is all about like community experiences you know it's it's, it's more a vibe it's more a lifestyle it's more it's a, really a like a culture and product comes secondary absolutely absolutely i mean uh, as many people as i've spoken to who've been in streetwear who collect like sneakers it's it's like a massive lifestyle for them it's a way to live you know it's not just like a trend or like you know a new fad it's something that they actually believe in like you know from the from the core of their hearts so i i can totally believe that when you say that you know it's something much more exceptional than just you know a subculture yeah so yeah yeah i think overall for us capsule happened because of the years that we spent growing up to a certain aspirational lifestyle right then our uh, experience mixed with it you know with working with puma and then over these years and with, you know, while traveling other countries and exploring culture, food, people yeah. uh, and places, I guess we developed a certain sense of aesthetics mm-hmm. and that's all, you know, mixed in a hot mug of coffee, I guess that's what Capsule is. <laughs> that's amazing. So when exactly did you guys start? Like you mentioned that from 20, 2010 to 2020 was like, you know, the, the era of streetwear. Like when exactly did you guys like, um, you know, put this idea into action? When did that start? So we both moved back to India, I think in 2018, 2018. And we spent, uh, we spent almost like all of 2018 and the early couple of months of 2019 Hmm. to uh, build our connections to get these brands into the country, you know, which meant, uh, uh, you know, creating a whole vision for our vision for what we saw for streetwear in India, sharing that with the brands, getting their buy-in, um, you know, getting a good assortment of products. So we had our website as a trial um, trial thing from June of 2018. And before that, in March of 2018, you know, there was this uh, event happening called 8G Street right. in uh, March in Delhi. Okay. And we figured that that was the best time to test the idea for Capsule. Right. So uh, because of our sort of like, you know, our experience of working in Europe, uh, and we have friends over there who own stores. Uh, we were able to uh, get a bunch of product, um, you know, uh, an, an entire assortment, different brands, different products, and we were going to test the market. Now, uh, that's when we found out it's super challenging to just bring in products into the country, even though we have our import export code and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the customs can be a real pain, pain in the ass. <laughs> so we're like, you know, um, screw it, we're going to fly to right. Germany, pick up the product in our suitcases oh, that's amazing. and then bring it all to India. So we managed that. We were scared we were going to be overweight and everything. And, yeah. you know, I get my, I get my, my bags at uh, Bangalore airport and I, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled. I'm walking up to Minakshi and then she's like gesturing madly. She's like, don't come near me. You know, she's telling me, don't come near me. Then she calls me, just take a U-turn and, you know, get out of the airport. Apparently her bag was, you know, X marked and stuff like that. No way. Like a ton of, ton of product in it, right? 
but obviously nothing happened because uh, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's it was in electronics and all, so they just sort of like just scanned it and then they let her go. And next thing I see, Manakshi's with me. <laughs> it was our first brush with uh, the challenges of uh, Indian customs. Right. Right. Anyway, we go to AG Street and we thought maybe, you know, no, so we didn't expect anybody to know about these brands. Hmm. I don't think too many people did, but there's a certain energy around these brands and around the booth and the entire event, right? People are curious to know. We hmm. thought we'd sell like, um, like 5, 10, 15 units, 15 pieces, 15 t-shirts. Yeah. Right. We were almost sold out. Wow. And we could have done more sales, but we didn't have an enough, you know, we didn't have enough of a size set. Right. Right. So we're like, okay, cool. Now this is a good step one, good piloting. And um, then we set about getting everything in order, right from how, you know, how to bring the products into the country, customs mm-hmm. and, you know, properly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, by 2019 March, uh, our website actually had about seven or eight brands with enough styles, like you know, some sort of like a minimum offer offering yeah. to the yeah. consumer, not yeah. just two brands, three styles, like, you know, something to at least choose from. Because you know, these yeah. are not brands that people are going to say, oh no, I'll buy anything by the hundreds. Like they also want some sort of an assortment. Of course, of course. everybody wants like, you know, options. You can't, yeah. you can't just give them like three things and like expect them to be like happy. But that's amazing. Yeah, that's so, so 2000 March. So we kind of came about in 2019, in March of 2019. So you guys are relatively just a year old. That's amazing. I mean, I... I Honestly, I would have assumed it's been like at least four or five years that you guys have actually established. Yeah. No, no, I guess 16 or 17 months. Yes. That's yeah. insane. That's amazing. Like, kudos to you guys. Like, you know, in just a year, you guys have managed to build like quite a massive uh, presence on social media and otherwise. You know? Thank you so much. That it, it just feels so great and sort of like, uh, you know, it feels it, it really feels great and humbling to hear that. I mean, testament to the fact that there's a massive streetwear market in India. A massive one, you know. Yeah. In the year you guys were able to be, uh, you know, to see so much like presence and like so much traction. Um, it just, you know, goes to say that there's a massive, massive uh, gap that people are actually looking for. You know, people, are, people really want to wear streetwear. They just want sneakers. And I know at least ten people who are, like such huge fans of just like the Yeezys or you know they wait wait for the next drop and they're like you know trading sneakers. So it's absolutely mm-hmm. like a very very raging sensation right now you know yeah, um, so that's yeah. the sneaker market is a lot more developed in terms of uh, more people are sort of um, more people understand spending that kind of money on you know on shoes yeah uh, usually like a, a price like an average selling price for a shoe uh, you know before the sneak before like the sort of the influx of this entire exciting sneaker culture i think it would have right. been Four thousand, three and a half, four thousand, yeah. an average selling price. Right. Um, that's how much a Nike sneaker. Like, that's how much a Nike sneaker costs. Like it's about like five thousand, four five thousand. Like a, like a nice one, like a nice entry level. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, you get that's a good price point for like Vans. You right. get Gucci's in there. There's good Pumas in there. Reebok, right. classics. You know. Right. But it's um, is the Yeezys, the Jordans, all the collab pieces that cost a lot more. A lot more people are um, you know, open to making those big ticket purchases. Right. Um, and now we're waiting for, uh, you know, streetwear to sort of like catch up with that frenzy. Because if you've got great kicks, you need to have great fits. Absolutely. And uh, that's where we've seen that people are not that experimental. Right. You know, so where, uh, and, but, but even that's changing, you know, like um, we're looking, we're, we're seeing that more people are, um, you know, experimenting with oversized silhouettes, with jackets, right. uh, socks, colors. Right. Even pants. So it's, um, yeah, it's exciting times ahead. Yeah. Even uh, on that note, you know, there are so many new Indian streetwear brands that have come to life in the past two to three years. Like what's, what's your like take on that? Do you have any favorite brands? Do you think somebody, do you have or like know somebody or like, you know, buy from a certain brand that's doing some amazing work because we also did feature a few brands on entrepreneur as well uh, but what's your take on on these like newer younger entrepreneurs who are getting into streetwear in india so we at capsule totally believe in the indie scene as well you know in fact we have a property called word in the street which yeah. is basically um an even sort of property which we uh, take to various cities every once in a quarter um, right. minus the pandemic but that is one platform which you know quite a few designers have uh, in a way um, 
used to launch their stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. We always invite and uh, the labels that we believe uh, might have a great future to participate at those events. Right. So we really believe in the indie scene. We feel that there are so many labels uh, which are coming up every month, you know, now. I mean, it's, uh, it's the scene for India, uh, I would say India's youth to kind of flex their creativity. And, uh, and, uh, and there's a lot of scope. So I, I'm, if, you, if you look at um, the young designers who have been there for quite a few years, for example, Human, right. uh, you know, they've always, from the beginning, they have, uh, their work was always about street lux when street lux was not a thing in India. Right, um, right. That kind of paved way for many young designers to come and, you know, showcase their work in a similar uh, light. Right. Uh, that one also came to be quite a few years back. And all of these guys who were there, you know, they're kind of the OGs of the Indian scene. They're now getting more and more recognition uh, now that we're a category so getting so popular in India. Walking, he is doing so well and his work is also, you know, a national class. So Jaywalking actually launched his brand at Our World on the Street in April of last year in Bangalore. Wow. So That's Space amazing. Biscuit, uh, Biscuit is another brand that we really love. Many other brands are coming up. There's, a, there's another brand uh, launched by this guy called Care from Calicut. He launched it right. yesterday or day before. Day before. Uh, the brand's called Onsontev. E-N-C-N-T-V, something like that. I'm not sure of the spelling. But like really great styling, products on point. Pricing is great for the Indian market. So, you know, I mean... There are a lot of labels coming up, but people need to understand what streetwear is and then start calling their label streetwear, you know. Correct. It's Correct. not a sticker that you should slap on everything that you're making. Hmm. So that's one thing that we would like to tell people because we get re- approached by multiple people, many labels every day. Right. And, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's tough to, you know, kind of um, uh, tell them what's wrong there because it's, it's, it's rude and it's, uh, we don't want to kind of underestimate or, you know, judge on anybody's potential. But from our perspective, when we are kind of, uh, uh, we have streamlined our business to streetwear and lifestyle, right? Like streetwear is not only about certain products, it's about culture all around it. So like the people and the Indian labels, which are coming up to kind of uh, also think deeply when they're launching something. Right. uh, Just don't slap the sticker of streetwear on everything that is getting made. That's important, I think. That might not be the right thing to do. I think just to do it, just to call yourself like a streetwear brand is is probably just like not cool. You should probably just understand, you know, what exactly your product offering is and like what what consumer base are actually like capturing. So I I think that's a really important point that people do need to understand right now. Absolutely. And, you know, funnily enough, I've actually seen two people in the last two days launch um, sneaker marketplaces, literally. Two people in the last two days so that that's how much you know that's how popular it's becoming you know recently and yes, i mean uh, what we know there are more than 600 700 resellers in wow. the city right now that's insane. the market is really huge and we are glad that streetwear is taking to it like i mean we also get a advantage by <laughs> a piece of the pie <laughs> at the end of the day because people buy from us and flip it somewhere else which yeah. is not our ultimate goal because we want we, our curation is all about basically bringing that uh, equity to the market, you know, brands. We are friends of the brands mm-hmm. and we want to curate best of the stuff that those brands would like to see in the right hands or on the right people in a way. Uh, not, not discounting, I mean, you know, not looking, sorry, what do I say? Like, basically, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not trying to say anything wrong about the people who cannot understand, mm-hmm. right? Or like style streetwear. Hmm. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's how brands also think and they want their uh, products to be seen on um, uh, people who can actually walk the talk, talk who live that exactly. lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. It has nothing to do with price points. It's exactly. about a certain authenticity. You know? Exactly. It's yeah. about sort of like finding your tribe and um, calling out to it through the way you dress, I guess. Yeah. Of course, of course. And coming back to the marketplace, I guess it's it only uh, elevates... Um, I would say the equity of the product hmm. as well as it also uh, kind of uh, increases the longevity of the product because 
you know, a lot of products also go into that whole vintage section if, if they're old and then they're resold. And right. that whole cycle of uh, fashion is extended, which is really good for not only for social impact, but also for the environment. environment right, correct. Right. That's amazing, guys. I think that's um, some cool stuff happening in India, honestly, and I love it. I mean, I personally haven't been a huge uh, fan of streetwear, but honestly, the more that I get into it, I love it. <laughs> so yes, It's very interesting. Like, what is streetwear today? Right. Uh, it's actually lifestyle, you know, it's it's the millennials and Gen Z, they have a certain a way they prefer to dress, right? Like it has right. to be casual clothing and streetwear, the way, like what I love, what the way I see it, it's like the power dressing in the casual world, in the casual world, right? you know? Right. Uh, and even a lot of like the OG streetwear brands, uh, they are moving away from the tag of streetwear because they're like, we're a lifestyle brand, you know, because streetwear has a certain, comes with heavy baggage. For sure. Uh, For sure. 2010 to 2020 was when uh, a lot of luxury brands uh, flirted, collaborated, yeah. in bed with a lot of streetwear brands. Um, so streetwear brands effectively uh, influenced, um, you know, luxury brands, which is why you have, you know, Gucci, Balenciaga sneakers, T-shirts, mm-hmm. track pants, and stuff like that. What we were excited to see is this decade where it's going to be the reverse effect. So, you know, you have like luxury and tailoring affecting brands that have a streetwear ethos, you know, mm-hmm. giving rise to luxury streetwear, street luck. So brands like a Cold Wall, Daily Paper, Le Benjema, um, all of these, you know, it's super exciting, the kind of stuff that they're doing. So, and even like your heritage luxury brands, um, you know, even there, like the, the osmosis is sort of complete. So Streetwear is not a trend. It's not a category. It's 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 a certain ethos and it's influenced, um, you know, brands across the board. Right. Because customers are essentially the largest chunk is the youth. Correct. In fact, there is a study by Bain which says that by 2025, 61% of the luxury purchases will be done by millennials and Gen Z. That's amazing. Youth, you know. So, so that has already happened and now there's going to be like, you know, you're seeing the effect of streetwear, the effect of uh, youth fashion, even in like tailored clothing. And it's, it's really exciting. And overall, the whole idea that, you know, what Minakshi also touched upon is hmm. for us, we, um, you know, um, for us, streetwear is basically like synonymous with lifestyle. And right. it's like, I love to say this because this is my personal belief. It's like, it allows you to participate in slow fashion. You know, it's not about what you wear and what the latest trend is because what you cop or what you're wearing was cool five years ago. It's cool now. It will be cool even five years later. Hmm. You know, it doesn't follow trends. It's timeless in that sense. If there's a cool collaboration between, let's say, the hundreds and do the great, that t-shirt is going to be cool no matter what, you know? And the idea is to buy less but buy well. Also, if you spend a little bit more on your product, you're going to take a lot more care of it. You're not just going to like wear and throw. You're right. gonna, you know, take better care of it and hopefully allow it to become into a vintage piece, which you never know may just even give you at some point in time. You know, it it may just give you a premium. You know, uh, Bhavisha, that's that's amazing that you actually touched upon that and actually, you know, explained all that because that was one of my biggest questions to you. You know, do you think it's a fad or a trend? And you answered that so beautifully. You know, um, it's definitely not. You know. It's not fad at all. I mean, right. you know, even though streetwear, as what Bhavisha said that. A lot of street brand, uh, streetwear brands, they don't want to be labeled as streetwear only, but they're all about lifestyle. Right. Um, it's not a fad at all because that whole lifestyle will continue. Streetwear as a culture will keep on differentiating itself from the streetwear product side of it, you know. It is diversified. It will always right. live on. Uh, right. And the product might have another label. It could go sartorial, but it will come back to right. being good again in a couple of years. Right. So that is how it will be. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's actually so interesting to also maybe like read about or actually understand because it's, um, it's something so um, dynamic, right? In fashion, everything's always changing. So you're always wondering if this is going to be a fad or trend which is going to go tomorrow, you know? Um, but that's amazing. Aspect to it, you know, that we've come across a couple of times. People are sort of intimidated sometimes by streetwear. You know, they're like, I don't understand this. This is not my cup of thing. And we're like, you know, it's just so strange because if I know who you are as a person who we're talking, like I, streetwear is about self-expression. It's about wearing comfortable clothes. It's about, you know, sort of not just chasing like fast fashion trends and stuff like that. So anybody who does that kind of a 
uh, dressing, even if it's a mashup and stuff like that. Because, you know, streetwear takes a lot of cues. Today, if you see, they take a lot of cues from different cultures. Hmm, so, right. people, for instance, right, every drop of theirs focuses on some culture from a country in Africa. Les Benjamin, over all the different seasons, they have covered so many different cultures. It's a Turkish brand. Yeah. Um, they've done one entire drop focusing on uh, a certain tribe from Mongolia. You know, they've done one drop on something else. So it's a beautiful way to showcase culture through, uh, through product. And there's a lot of people who, without even realizing that they're into streetwear, they're into streetwear because it's not just about the, the, the brands that are commonly considered streetwear and stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's not only about the hype. There's different kinds of people um, experimenting and participating in the whole, um, you know, movement in their own way. Right, right, right. You know, as uh, there's one rip- a quarterly report of Hype Snowbiety that came out today, and it has a beautiful line saying that hype will die out. Uh, you know, it, it lives only when the customer pays attention, but curation lives forever. Oh, so wow. I guess, I guess that's how streetwear has lived forever because right. the brands that we have, for example, we have hundreds, which is an 18-year-old brand. Stussy right. started in 1980. Carhartt that we have is over a hundred years old. So it's not like that they were born yesterday. And they've been here for a while, yes. And exactly. yeah, is that this whole uh, fashion and youth culture today, what it is, uh, is making it more and more popular. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's actually so interesting to actually just hear about also from you guys. You know, of course, you guys know so much. Um, that's amazing, guys. You know, I think next some, something else that I want to touch about upon is maybe you know, um, streetwear influences in India. Do you guys have any uh, anybody who you know you guys like look up to? Maybe like somebody like Ananda Huja or somebody else who's doing like something really interesting. Is there somebody that you think is you know one of the, one of the top thought leaders in streetwear in India? I guess streetwear as a concept in India is so new that personally I don't see that there are stalwarts there who we do luck look up to. Right. But like. I personally find my inspiration or, you know, I really like watching the feed of people who are around me. For example, uh, our colleague, Haya Hamza, I really like watching how she kind of styles herself every day and the, the stories that she tells about every product that she has. Gokul from Bangalore, you know, um, his lifestyle around streetwear, his bikes and, and, and his stories about his sneakers. Uh, Vedu Lamba from Bombay. You know, the stories that he has uh, about each pair that he has copped or gotten for somebody. Actually, just a podcast. A lot of people uh, in and around us, uh, uh, Bioblad is uh, Uday Uday Shankar, who is in Delhi right now, you know. Manpreet Arjun, Arjun, Aman Parmar. They have great stories. Like if you sit with Aman Parmar, he's he's like a storybook, you know. So these are the people who I personally draw inspiration from Alan, for example, and Claudius from uh, Bombay. Okay, I have no idea. Yeah, he's been at it for years. So, hmm. I mean, I would say um, these are the people who we, we really, you know, like how they curate their own wardrobes. Right. And it's not based on what the product, you know, product's color is or what the trend is. Or what the logo is. Yeah. It's, and it's not just the product or the fit, you know, there's much larger stories around it. You know, there's, hmm. they're interesting. Like for, for me, like if I learn something new from their stories, that for me is time well spent, you know, like something interesting, something new that I didn't know earlier. Uh, there's this other couple of other names is, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Erim Singh. Her content is super interesting as is Kritika. Um, What's her name? Mermaid Scales. Now, a lot of people know why I'm mentioning her name. But I have seen, like, for me, like, first of all, her fits are great. But the Mm -hmm. amount of trouble and effort she goes uh, through, you know, she takes to sort of create all that content with cosplay, with costumes and stuff like that, that is next level. It's it's an interesting You know, the content may be sort of like stuff. It's, it's stuff for easy consumption but the styling the styling the stylized videos and the styling behind it is what I really appreciate no, I think quite a few people who are building their uh, personality yeah. around sneakers and streetwear and it's great to see like uh, example would be Shivani Borua how her whole feed right now you yeah. know has got one sneaker uh, and uh, streetwear aesthetic right. right and it just it just building this whole 
culture behemoth now you know culture, like yeah absolutely unstoppable um people have literally tasted the blood and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah streetwear and the street culture is just going places absolutely dude like i feel like we ourselves in the, like in the past 3 months have interviewed and spoken to like three people who are into streetwear you know and like this is like a second podcast we also did a podcast with vedu lamba and it was am- amazing as well like his interview was like great um, as well you know uh, so just to see that passion and just to see that kind of energy that everybody puts into this kind of culture it's actually very different it's very new and it's very uh, it's very fresh you know and you can actually tell that you know somebody's into streetwear or they you know like uh, they're passionate about something um, as interesting as like you know yeah it's also changing the perspective of consumers or appreciators towards what is being made you know like the right. products being made in small batches the right. diy stuff uh, the not so cheap stuff you know like it, it always costs someone to make something which is um, which is done in small batches and which is highly curated so right. i guess now even the youths will try and understand or they are already now kind of understanding why does a designer dress or why does a particular mm-hmm. artist t should cost so much you know right 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 i think people have like a very good especially like the younger generation gen zers i think they're just so aware and educated of what's happening that they actually understand the difference between fast fashion and something as yeah, you know. 100% that's For what sure. we've seen it's and it's it's really really and they also demanding a lot more sort of social consciousness from brands yeah. demanding conversations and yeah. it's it's great to see yeah you know and by the virtue of what we curate our products are already at a certain price point hmm. and we know that that there are a lot of uh, youth who are not able to afford that but quite a few people who speak to us one on one you know they have been able to kind of crack some emi deals with us we know <laughs> these students that they badly want that particular t-shirt or that basketball yeah. uh, and and if we know them personally then we kind of make that available to them we know that it's very aspirational for those people right um, and we don't want to take that that element of happiness away from them so That's so sweet you guys yeah we don't want the price point to be a hindrance in what somebody wants to own because it's not like the old time galleries right hmm. like this youth culture is in a way quite inclusive and um, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why we were attracted to streetwear so much hmm. because um it's just it's just that streetwear and the street culture kind of opens community, uh, right yeah. like really like inviting community it's 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 some somebody who like people who want who want to be a part of you know something much bigger than themselves you know yeah. like yeah, clothes and sneakers come secondary you know it's just and mm-hmm. it's come secondary it's, uh, yeah yeah that's amazing guys that's that's some really great like insights into the sneaker world and streetwear and you know i also want to sort of understand um your business and both of you from a entrepreneurial you know uh, point of view so if you could just you know take us through i know we've touched upon this in the beginning but just going back to that a little bit um while you guys were launching this business in the beginning uh, what were like uh, some of the setbacks that you faced or you know being like a women led brand uh, both of you are like you know so strong headed and you know like smashing it in life right now um but were there any like roadblocks that you guys faced in the indian market when you guys started out like how did that go for you guys well it's um it's not been so tough but it's also not been so easy mm-hmm. uh from the beginning uh, you know just the import export uh deal of yeah. any business is very very tough yeah. so we are retailers and for retail we have to set our products at a certain mrp which also mm-hmm. includes the gst and we have to kind of account for all the custom duties and other uh, logistics fee that we pay right and uh, as an entrepreneur we off street where we can only uh, tell you that there might not be margins to be made when you're looking at lower volumes which is what you can actually afford when you're bootstrap like us so it's a longer game that we have invested ourselves in hmm. um it's um, you have to have that vision you know what do you want to do we basically want to create that concept store which kind of welcomes everyone and offers a great uh, you know folio of uh, products um and experiences so uh, definitely like customs is one of the biggest uh, hindrances when you're importing stuff because you'll have to have all sorts of 
certificates for your own company you have to be a private limited uh, and you'll have to gather all sorts of certificates then you also have to gather certificates of say what a particular product is made of you know uh, and the the streetwear brands might not have those products so you have to kind of work around it like either you invest in getting those certificates done or you right. basically work um, with the customs to kind of bring those products in in the right way mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of products like sneaker cleaning uh, we have a section of shoe care products the sneaker clean, uh, cleaning kits and uh, deodorizers and repel sprays and all of that mm-hmm. they are considered to be chemically hazardous so in the beginning oh. that was a yeah that was a big um, but they're not they're not they're, they're not. not it's like so it's just what customs have you know set uh, kind of parameters about it's not hazardous but it's just what they have in their books right. so again like we'll have which, to, which is a function of a certain hs code that harmonized code that is about it okay yeah. okay so that that about customs but uh, overall i mean we being two women uh, it gives us power together to kind of wade through all the challenges but streetwear globally is a male dominated industry right um, we have actually faced uh, i would say yeses and nos because we are female mm-hmm. i would say a mix of that right. uh, you know we had a call with a very interesting brand from amsterdam and the first thing that he said was oh i was expecting mr singh and mr dev on the call oh wow so yeah you know like um, but people um, I, i don't know we haven't faced really i, I think i think bad experiences but there are understated um i would say subtleties yeah which you yeah, always like realize that you don't yeah. we don't talk about but uh, but yeah there there are these hindrances but i think we always see the positive and we kind of we always get on the task to kind of overcome that hindrance you know together right so right. we yeah we have bypassed those both of you have each other and i think that's also something thankfully i would i would also like to say it's the fact that there's both of us in this together right right that's exactly what i was saying yeah each other's support system and thankfully where so if i'm on a high minakshi's on a low and vice versa right so we can always keep each other grounded right or sort of you know support each other so i guess um and of course you know our family our friends it's it's we have a phenomenal support system and a lot of them would be That's amazing outside of the quote unquote streetwear community as it's understood as a streetwear community you know so it helps to have a lot more things going on outside so you're not too too bothered we just don't let anything even if there is something which may be sort of perceived as oh because we're women this is what's happening we don't let it bother us or even get to us and that's just something we throw out of our heads you know that's amazing i think you need to have thick skin whether you're a man or a woman at some you point you know you have a thick skin especially in this industry when you're trying to do something because everybody's going to be standing on the sidelines and watching you and my yeah. god there are so many haters around and especially in entrepreneurship and when you're this young i feel younger people get more like uh, you know uh, I mean, they're more, they're doubted more because you know. No, social media has allowed people to just say whatever comes to their mind without any filter, right? And there's invariably a lot more hate. Cancel culture. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and that is something that uh, I read recent. I read a couple of months ago. High Society again, you know, has been doing these phenomenal insight reports, quarterly insight reports. Like we really recommend reading those because it's while it is streetwear and sneakers and fashion and everything, just the editorial team has been doing amazing pieces. so in that it actually spoke about you know how we need to stop getting involved in cancel culture and start holding people accountable so if you have something to say work towards improving it but cancel culture doesn't help anybody of course definitely it's it's done so much harm like you know over over the past like 2 3 years and some people have just suddenly like um gone all out and just hating people instead of actually just fixing or talking it out or actually you know having a conversation about it and that's become a norm now which i think people need to really really start you know being more um aware about you know you know on the lighter side um when we started our website and we integrated our chat feature and all so <laughs> overall we have two types of shoppers one set is from the community who know us directly so right. they know like they might not go through the official chat system but they might like just message us one on one the other segment is the larger audience who shop from us they are not part of the core community and they are like maybe the first time shoppers or people who have just gotten to know about us hmm. but also like you know just generally a lot of Uh, kids who hit us up for various products yeah they would always call us bro bra and all of that you know so now we have uh, a couple of bros on uh, our intern roles who are handling <laughs> okay. those chats 
but yeah, we were the bros uh, initially uh, kind of chatting with the people because they just don't uh, imagine a lady sitting at the other, other end and talking about sneakers or streetwear and just the styling part of it. Uh, and not only that, you know, not only uh, styling, but like generally like history of the remember that, that one phone call that came like once on the capsule number and this guy called, he's like, he was, he was stunned that I answered, right? He's like, hello? Okay. Ab madam ho. <laughs> hello? Ab madam? I'm like, Huh, how can I help you? <laughs> but he was stunned. Like he, he, he was speechless. It was a, that was, it wasn't a dude at the other end. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what Minashi is saying. That everyone expects whoever they're talking to at Capsule to be, to, to be a dude. Yeah. 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 So you guys have also like smashed that glass ceiling as well. Just to be like. We, we let them think whatever they want to think. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's amazing, guys. That's, I, I, we I think bros, if they want us to be bros, we can. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still a bro, right? I mean, yeah, still a bro. But, you yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, guys. So just uh, moving on to our last segment of the podcast. Um, do you guys have any advice to give young entrepreneurs like yourself or somebody who's, who, who, you know, people who love sneakers, who, people who really want to get into the streetwear business? What is your advice to them from like maybe, you know, having, um, starting something on your own, which is like, like a clothing label or something, or just, you know, getting into the curation business or getting into the, um, marketplace business. Like what would your advice be to these people? Uh, whatever you want to do, just, just try it out. You know, as long as you know why you're doing it and you have a genuine reason and it's not just, Oh, because this is cool or this will get me money or this is uh, the coolest trend right now. I need to be part of it. Like as long, like the story needs to be there and try it. You know, there's no harm in, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the learning will be immense when you try something, you know, don't be scared, just try it out. Um, yeah. And like, even if you fail, that's like the best teacher and as yeah. cliched as that sounds, you know, <laughs> but I've always said that, you know, you learn when things go right, you don't really, you just, okay, cool. It went okay. But when only when things go wrong is when you try and figure it out and you know better. Right. Right, right. Oh, you shouldn't be scared. Opposite. Yeah, I know. You should, like, yeah, and you know, yeah, I think, and that's why it works so well, right? Like, you should never be scared of trying anything. And, you know, you can, like, plan, you can do whatever and spend yeah. time, but nothing for me beats jumping into the field, you know, rolling up your sleeves and trying out yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, say, I, agree I, I mean, I just have a slightly opposite, um, I would say, idea to add to this. Yes, don't be scared to jump into anything and try that, but there's always a set process. In today's world, nothing is unique. Those processes and that research can be found if you, you know, kind of uh, dwell a bit deeper via internet or while, you know, like by talking to people. Yeah. So I guess just follow a bit of process as well while you're at it, you know. Um, I guess it'll just help save your energy and your finances and a lot more harassment. So I'm guessing you're the safe one in the partnership. <laughs> exactly what I was exactly what I was gonna say. That all you guys find a, find a co-founder who's your exact complement and whom yeah. you have massive amounts of respect for. Yeah. So now Minakshi and I have been through a decade of you know understanding how each other function and there's just nothing but respect. So yeah, there are, and this is what you're hearing on the podcast, just one of many examples where we have diametrically opposite uh, approaches to a problem. But then you know there is it allows us to come to a mid-ground, which is a lot more well yeah. thought of. Well I was just going to say that because the things that you probably don't think about, she does, right? And that's yeah. what's amazing. Like she's filling in the gaps for you or like, you know, vice versa. I think that's a great exactly. partnership. And the fact that you guys can come to a conclusion while having different opinions, that says so much about just being, you know, logical in the business you're running, which is so important, right? You it makes the process that much more fun, you know? Right, 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 right. That's amazing, yeah. And you know, having a partner in a company, be that a co-founder or somebody who you can trust on, and uh, and and if you can vibe on food and drinks, nothing like it. <laughs> that, that makes for it. I, I personally agree with you on that. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, for for example, if we're traveling, you know, uh, and yeah. usually itineraries are always like in and around like cool concept stores. Yeah. So I have to plan the store route, and Minakshi has to plan all the food uh, food pit stops. Oh, that's and she'll find these gems like in Mexico she found this what used to be some old church which has been con con converted into this beautiful breakfast uh, uh, beautiful like gorgeous where the nuns themselves prepare the food and the children okay. die for that's incredible dude please like send me the address of this location like I'd love to <laughs> visit it for sure for sure 
that's amazing you guys that's that's really inspiring as well and you know one more question we always always get is is it worth spending on maybe like a uh, an mba or a business degree uh, like education is always something that you know people always ask us about you know they want to learn from on entrepreneur it's always about like do i do something in reality like okay i'm right out of college i've worked for a few years do i just go ahead and start my own business or do i like do like a masters in something or do i do an mba or do i do something in business uh, so do you guys have any experience with that or do you have any advice for people who always you know are on the lookout for this kind of uh, information well uh, personally i don't think there's a right or a wrong here uh, both of us have uh, our degrees from reputed colleges uh, i'm a design graduate from nift bhavisha has an mba from aim lovely right. um, you know it just gave us another edge i would say because then we kind of got opportunity to work with a company like puma in, in india and internationally and then we uh, we are doing what we are doing right now hmm. but we have seen multiple people who haven't you know who have dropped out of college and they're just doing a great job at what they're doing and they're just doing so well so i don't think it's there's a right or wrong but you need to know that what you are stepping in is the uh, are the right pair of shoes i guess right um, be more aware of what you want to achieve or like you know what you're investing in maybe even with an investment point of view people talk about okay what's my roi if i'm spending like say x amount of money going to this college you know that also comes up with a lot of people so maybe yeah. like you know just find a balance between what you want to do in the future and maybe a lot of people expect that you know your school or your education path will help you get to the get to the right answer and the thing is that you need to figure that out for yourself and i don't think any like minakshi said it perfectly i think it's it's about figuring out uh, what kind of person you are there are some people who we also know now across different age groups who learn on their own you know it's like they learn they learn piecemeal like if they want to learn something particular they'll check a youtube video and stuff like that now if that's your learning style cool someone like me i need a process when it comes to learning so for me i cannot stress how amazing my mba was for me you know in terms of uh and it's not at all about uh, you know what you study it's about learning to deal with uh with massive like high pressure situations with learning how to articulate yourself with learning how to network with learning how to right. get shit faced all night and still wake up in 3 hours and go give an exam that's a skill that you need to learn actually yeah. i guess so, there might be a difference you know uh in the two schools uh where people have actually gone to colleges and have acquired their degrees and then worked at various corporates mm-hmm. they might be able to work in multiple environments because the kind of situations that they have already right. faced right. while people who have just gotten at what they're doing might be experts at what they're doing currently but i'm not sure if they'll be able to handle other situation also as smoothly as yeah, people who have taken uh you know proper um education from universities right i might be wrong at that but this is just a thought. i think that's a really definitely good really college. good opinion i mean i think a lot of people don't spend time to figure out what they really want you know sabko matlab they want to become like when we were young it was engineer mba iim yes you know yes lawyer doctor there are a lot more things people are uh, getting into now but it's it's you need to figure out for yourself i guess the gig economy doesn't need education gig economy might need mentors but yeah if you are in a traditional route of occupation then definitely colleges and universities are the best for sure i think that's that's some great advice guys um just to the last you know last question of the podcast um you know like i personally also know that entrepreneurship is really hard right it's like you're doing everything at some point um you're stressed you're broke um how have you guys sort of you know um dealt with all these issues um in the past like one or two years since the time you sort of you know um just given birth to this idea how how does everyday motivation work for you guys because you know doing something at this scale requires a lot of like resilience and hard work right uh, so how have you guys sort of traversed uh, this phase of entrepreneurship entrepreneurship and what's your advice to people I mean three things are really important in our in our lives food uh, good wine and massages <laughs> uh, there have been uh, phases that's the best answer i've got in my life you know if, if we have not been there have been phases where we were like tight with money and we kind of really uh, uh, we re-strategized rethought on the things that we kind of had to curtail and like yeah. or you know like things that we had to actually spend on Right. those are usual things which i guess every business person has to go through and hmm. they they see that phase through um apart from that i guess 
just keeping our heads down working at our uh, uh, vision and aim that we you know have and that's that's that has brought us where we are right now it's still a journey for us it's not like like we are too new in the industry doing something on our own right. uh, with our own money so uh, and we are too small right now we have to the scope of the growth and just like you know what what we are looking at becoming later in a couple of years there's there's so much to do that's amazing that i think that's some really like honest genuine advice and also i feel like since you guys love what you do it also adds to the whole motivational thing i feel like people i mean that love or you know just gen, general passion to do something is really important like it's cliche but it's important right to just yeah, like for sure. i mean you know our friend we have a lot of common friends uh, and whenever we sit with them for a like a just like a casual session i think they get irritated because <laughs> invariably we kind of start speaking about work <laughs> they might enjoy that's me i know what you're talking about that, yeah but that is not the scene that's amazing guys i think um you guys have given us some amazing amazing content to learn from to you know just ponder upon some amazing insights about streetwear in india and i'm so glad i did this with you guys i learned so much today during this one hour um so thank you so much you guys and so grateful we could do this and thank you for being so open to all our collaborations even entrepreneur like we're so new and uh, we're also struggling right now so it's really great to get this kind of response and love from brands that we look up to you know um so really glad we could do this today and uh, do you guys have anything else that you guys want to say before we um, end today's podcast no just thank you for having us you know i think uh, real hustle which is genuine is always uh, seen you know and and i guess we wish you guys all the best because whatever articles we've read on on your platform have been so so well written well researched in thank the packaging comes through you know right um, right just yeah, keep on keeping on thank you for having us amazing guys thank you so much and looking forward to many many more collabs and wish you guys all the luck in the world thank you guys thank i'm looking day. looking forward to meeting you in person absolutely soon i promise <laughs> okay. have a good one you too guys bye. okay bye bye